What's going on, folks? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to another episode of The Bordello. We're back in studio. I'm joined by friend of the pod, replacing Dilo for the week. Mango, you're back. It's good to have you uh, back on the show, buddy. You're, you're off camera, so you're just, you're just Mango this week. You're anonymous. Your full name is out of it. Go wild. Go nuts. No one will know you were on. Shit, talk all the people you know. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Thank you for being here. Tristan Dilo is officially done with the pod uh he's retired um he he hit the free palestine parlay on the weekend as he calls it he hit me back he goes <laughs> hit me back on saturday i go hey did you watch the ufc he goes yeah i hit the free palestine parlay have a look and he just picked every russian muslim fighter on the card and he turned 50 bucks into a thousand every single every single guy whose name end, ended in, in in ov or ev Mokayev, Chimaev, Makachev, Nurmagomedov, all of them. He fucking hit, hit, hit every single one. The free Palestine parlay, perfect, seamless. So he's retired. He's taking his money and run. Uh, also, he has exams this week, so he's taking the week off. Mango, have you seen the Beckham documentary? I have not. I've heard, I've heard about it. What have you heard about it? Who's heard, told you about it? I've seen it on Twitter. Very popular. You have to watch it. It's a good documentary. If you're a football fan, it's really interesting. It's worth watching for sure. It's interesting because a lot of women are liking it too. Um, because, you know, older women like our moms get to look at David Beckham and say, oh, look at him. He's an older, distinguished gentleman. He looks lovely. He's very nice to look at. They like that. Um, and then young women like to watch it because they get to see young David Beckham and see how hot he was when he was young. And also, they get to see how hot he is now, because he's, you know, he's daddy now. So that's why they're watching it. And, um, and, and also because of the fact that they like Victoria. They like Victoria. They like them. Because to these people, he's not a footballer. You, you know what I've heard from every single woman I know who doesn't really know a lot about football, who's watched it, is, you know, I didn't realize he was so good. It's like, yeah, bro, he was the fucking England captain. He was the fucking England captain for like 10 years, bro. Yeah, like he was he was that good. He was the man, you know? And they're like, oh, like I didn't realize he actually played football. I thought he just like modeled and was like a pretty boy who, you know, who who fucking, I don't know, who just, who played football. He Who happened to play football, you know what I mean? But he was a really good player. He was like one of the best midfielders in the world for a long time. And he was an animal. Because he's a footballer, you know? And now there's this revisionist history now where we look back and we whitewash his life. The whole documentary is crazy, dude. You know he had an affair in like 2003? I had no idea. Yeah, neither did I. Neither did I. Because I just thought he was David fucking Beckham. Like, the, you know, the, the vanilla pretty boy and, and so on. He's an animal, you know? You ever see the, um, the leaked emails a few years ago when he was asking his manager if he was getting a knighthood or not. All he was doing, all his contributions to UNICEF and stuff were apparently because, because he's actually a sociopath. That's the thing about him, dude. Is he's, he's fucking crazy. 
he's he's um like a like a probably like a like a narcissistic self-obsessed sociopath and most people who are very you know look conscious are they have it in them they they want appeal in some way they want to appeal to people they want validation through it you know they, they like to do crazy things like shave your head when it's against the grain get tattoos when it's against the grain because it gets you attention right um and he he's always i think wanted to be this figure beyond football the reason he and this is by the way a you know a token to his success as a as a pr figure right like he spins on his own life into him being like a star and he's had a lot of success in business now because he's he's lined him he's aligned himself up well and he owns a couple of clubs now you know inter miami being the largest one but he actually did set himself up quite well in business but his goal i think has been to just grow his own um, you know, brand. It was very uh, avant-garde. It was it was very forward-thinking for football at the time. He was the first guy to consider, you know, optics and so on. Before Ronaldo, uh, on a level that had never been done before, uh, you know, on a wider scale than had ever been done before. And so he always wanted a knighthood, I think. Ever since Sir Alex got his knighthood, I guess, he realized, well, you know, right, yeah, reckon I could get one of those yeah and apparently all the shit he was doing with like UNICEF was for the ultimate goal of getting a knighthood and apparently Queen Elizabeth was not having it she was like no like tell David Beckham to fuck off he's just David Beckham we're giving it to people I don't know I don't know what the parameters are to become a knight but apparently he answered his manager like hey we got a great opportunity for you he goes if it's not a knighthood I'm not fucking interested he goes fuck off like that's him you know but, but it's an incredible documentary. It is very interesting. It is riveting if you're like a football fan. But it is fun to kind of see like just, you know, the whitewashing. It's like Saudi Arabia just whitewashing their own image, you know. Very similar thing going on where he's just trying to like, you know, elevate himself into. And this is why he was probably all in on the idea of doing the documentary. Either when Netflix approached him or when he approached Netflix and said, let's go. I'd like to have a documentary made about me. Someone threw it in a boardroom. You know, someone pitched it to him. You know, why don't we make a documentary about you. Yes, sure. Money, attention, which is fine. You're supposed to pursue those things. Those are currency. Money and attention, both are currency. But it just totally glosses over like the affair. He had an affair in 2003, dude. I had no fucking idea because they do such a good job of whitewashing his life. You know? And, um, yeah, so, so apparently his mistress is now going public and like giving interviews. Which is crazy. Like, it's been 20 years. It happened in 2003. The documentary just glossed over it. And, you know, he cried and said it was a lapse in judgment. But basically said, I'm not getting into personal details. But he's a dog, you know. He was out with Real Madrid. He played for Real Madrid. He was in a club in Madrid. And he fucked someone. And apparently, um, apparently, um, I don't know. That, I'm re I read some shit this week about how, like, she was sending him, uh, like, like uh, nudes, whatever. And he was like showing them to the boys. <laughs> like, this is all coming out now. And it's just, it's like, yeah, like, what do you expect? He's a fucking footballer. You know, why do we got to pretend that this guy is, you know, I don't know, like an actor or something. Like he's not, I don't know. There's, there's this real desire, I think, to turn him into like Timothy Chalamet. Almost. I mean, you know, I mean, they weren't trying to turn him into Timothy Chalamet in the 2000s, but whoever was a heartthrob at the time, you know, Will Smith, David Beckham, Victoria Beckham, Jennifer Lopez, you know, just elevating people up on 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 this 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 you know stratospheric level above football. 
His uh, wife, I think, stayed with him despite the affair. But it like definitely happened. I actually left. I, I turned off the documentary, not sure whether or not he actually had fucked her. Apparently, it's like pretty clear that he actually did. She's now coming out. She did a whole interview with Daily Mail. And it's crazy. I sent it to you. If you want to pull the link up, please. And just um, follow along. <laughs> Which, by the way, now while you pull this up, if you're, I mean, if you're, if you're kind of, if your greatest claim to fame, think about this, dude. One day, this person, this lady is going to be dead. And the only trace of her ever having existed on earth, other than the shit that her family says about her, right? Grandma, right? Here are pictures of grandma with grandpa are going to be accounts of her having fucked a guy. Fucked David Beckham. My point is this. There's nothing wrong with fucking a star. I get it. It'll give you like personal satisfaction. But if you're doing it because you just want your moment in the sun, and I get it. It gives you some kind of just... Um, some kind of thrill, I guess. Just, just to, to, to let people know that you exist. Your name is out there in newspapers and people are reading it. There are headlines about your name. Because ultimately, all you need is infamy in order to get some kind of buzz, right? It doesn't matter how you attain notoriety. It's not that different from being a school shooter in some ways. Like, it's, it's really not. You're smirking, but, it's, but it's, it's kind of true. Like, ultimately, I think the reason why a lot of these people do this sort of thing is because they just want some kind of recognition. It's like, look at me. Look at me. Don't forget about me. Look at me. I'm right here. And I'm going to suck this fucking guy's dick. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be it forever. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the guy who sucked his dick, the girl who sucked his dick. But, but at least I'll be something. There will be a trace of me having existed. And most people are garbage men, and they die. <laughs> you know? Not wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get a mortgage, you pay the mortgage off, and then you die. Fuck. Tough start to the pod. <laughs> you know? So at least she's, you know, at least she's done something, right? She could parlay this. She could get a job on like, a, she could get, get a, a gig on a reality TV show now. She could host, you know, a segment on like British television or BT, what, no, what is it? BT breakfast? I don't know. BT morning. She could. That's, that's Western society now. On BT this morning, we have Rebecca Luz, the guy who got cream pied by David Beckham in a Madrid club in 2003. Rebecca, what do you think about Hamas? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, you know, we're not that far off from that. You know, that's the, the Kardashians just did that at a higher level. Kim did. There's a lot of, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, being a pro athlete. There are a lot of people that are trying and there's only a few that kind of make it. There's only one Aaron judge, but there's a lot of little league baseball players who are trying really desperately to go to, you know, college and stuff and just fucking sucking, you know, TikTokers, dick, something. I, I. A little bit of fame. I got I to gotta get a taste of fame, literally and figuratively, somehow. So, um, Rebecca Luz is her name. We'll give her, we'll give her that. But we'll at least say her name. Say her name. There. Isn't that, you know? Say her name. Uh, I think we, we at least owe her that much, right? She's fucking done all this work. We should at least name her. Um... Would you like to play the video from the Daily Mail? There might be an ad that you're going to have to skip. Oh, I think we're good. We're good. All right. You could just blast it into your mic and uh, let's watch this along together. Now, I, I just, before you hit play, I do want to say that 
we need to respect this woman for at least, you know, we're, we're not slut shaming here. We're just, we're just, this is a historical artifact. This is a historical artifact. This is an account of something that happened in history and we're looking back at it. Right? Is that fair? Very fair. Okay. You can, uh, he's making himself a victim and he's making me look like the liar. Poor him. He's had nothing to do with this. The stories Pause. were horrible, but they were true. It's going to be very tough with the music. We're going to power through, but the music in the background is going to be tough. I'm just warning you now. Stay, stay with us on this. And he's the one who's responsible for all of this. So we're texting one day. It's getting very dirty, very naughty. Pause. I get a text. Why do the Brits talk like school children? You ever notice that? Why do the Brits talk like school children? It's getting very naughty. Silly nanny. Silly nanny in the naughty, in the naughty bums. Oh, naughty. Spank me on the bum. Like they, like a lot of women, I think actually unironically say, oh, you're so naughty. I'll spank my ass. You're so naughty. <laughs> Who the fuck talks like that, dude? It's absurd they talk like that. <laughs> it's absurd that they talk like that. At least here we're not gay, you know? That's the thing. Say what you want about Americans. Maybe they're not that well-educated and such, but at least they're not gay. When they're fucking, it's just shut up. I'm fuck you, bitch. Ain't, ain't no dirt, dirty talk. You know, actually, you, I, now that I'm hearing it, the Southern draw. Oh, darling, you're so naughty. It's like the craziest people on the fringe that have like the most absurd accents that say that shit. You know what I mean? I don't think like New York Democrats who like went to Yale say that, you, you know? The news anchor, the people that speak like news anchors aren't speaking that way. In any event, I'm sorry, that threw me off. It's getting very dirty, very naughty. And by the way, can we just take a look at this woman real quick? Now again, we're not judging her. We're not, we're not uh, a body shaming here. This is just, take a look at her, right? She's 46 now. She's about his age, a woman his age. She looks good, you know, but like... There are levels to it. You got David Beckham, who's probably the most, you know, who, at heart, you and I would like, because he's a lad. Because he's a boy. Dude, he fucking came through the changing room at Man United playing with Rio Ferdinand, who called, uh, who called, uh, I think he called John Terry uh, the F word, uh, you know, the, the, the bad one that you're not allowed to say now, you know. I'd say it if Dilo were here, because then he could note it to edit it out. I don't feel like reminding him to go bleep it out. Although I never say that word ever. You know that. You know me. I'm a good guy. I don't say that word. But, you know, whatever. Sure. Remember Rio Ferdinand? Can you actually pull... Sorry, I, I'm, I'm diverting you here. Look up Rio Ferdinand homophobia. It's crazy. He just goes out of the blue, out of the blue on a, on a, on a TV interview. Or no, sorry. During a radio interview in like 2005, he was forced to apologize because he called Paul Scholes a finook or something like that. It's this crazy radio segment that got dug up. Oh, yeah. When Philip Schofield, who came out as gay in 2019, questioned if he was referring to the incident when he used a gay slur against radio host Chris Moyles on air in 2006, he said yes. <laughs> can you just play the video? It's really funny. If Rio says it, I don't care. We could play the word. Just find it on YouTube. Yeah. So anyway, so you know David Beckham's a GB because he's coming through that changing room, you know, at Man United. Um, they're having a good time. They're wealthy. They're famous. He probably, you know, got his balls drained a lot before he found Victoria and settled down. And here's the thing. That doesn't make him a bad guy. 
You could be a fundamentally good guy. He could be a great dad. You could be all those things. But as a young 20 to 23-year-old, you know, however old he was when he started dating her, as a young man, it's all right to run rampant. It's okay. It's to be expected. You're supposed to do that. But like to the, the whitewashing which has occurred of his image, I mean, is, is fantastic. And by the way, I'm not even mad at him for this. His PR team is just fantastic. They've done a great job of it because he's now every woman's dream. They think, oh my God, look at that. My girlfriend's aunt the other day at dinner was saying, I mean, do you see him? He like cleans up after himself in the kitchen. He's like a neat freak. I mean, oh my God, like can this guy do anything wrong? He wears like car like chunky cardigans and he's out in the, you know, wearing wearing rugged boots in the English countryside and he's got a beard and nice hair and he, he cooks and then he cleans, you know? And he's got a wife that, that, that is classy that's never showed her tits ever. I mean, that's like every woman's dream. Like, I mean, can, can we... Like, can we, can we put this guy in a museum? Can we study this guy for science? I wish my husband was more like him. Every, every woman who watches it says that invariably, right? Um, that's okay because he, you know what it is? Because he's a cheeky bugger. You know what I mean? He's a cheeky bugger. Not exactly. But. No, but like, like he, he is a cheeky bugger. Like he was cheeky when he was young. You know, yeah, you know he, he was up for a good time, but ultimately, you know. Ultimately, he was able to settle down and grow up and be mature, but you're still a bit of a cheeky bugger, as they would say, if that kind of makes sense. And, and so, again, he is, he, is a, a, he is a G in some ways, but it's not the image that is promulgated anymore. And that's fine. That's more than all right. I get it. He's a father figure. He's got a, a prominent family where both parents are famous, and for some reason, people care about that because... Um, I guess because they're just in our face, right? When they're in your face, you start to care about them, right? Like if a singer you know dies, like if Bono died, I'd be very sad because I'd feel like his voice, like I'd listen to his music and say, fuck, his, his, that voice is dead, you know? I don't know him, but because like I've been exposed to his voice growing up, it, it would harbor memories about him and you develop attachment through that. So we're attached to both the parents as a society. And so we care about them as a family. We're invested in the kids and such. But he is and was a fucking G, you know? These were his friends. Play Rio. Skip to like, I think a minute in. I was watching this a week ago. Just put it next to the mic. We just football terminology for a funny lad. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not against any... Don't, you'll make it worse. I know you know. You're homophobic. No, I know. You'll make it worse. That's great. 2005. Pause. 2005. That's fine. You know, that's how you know he's a good guy. That is how you know he's a good guy, right? Like, that's most men, right? Is, is yeah, I don't care what you do, but like, get away from me. I'm afraid that you'll turn me gay. That's fine. That's perfectly normal. Like, it's I think it's a very normal male, like, reaction to, uh, to, to, to homosexuality as a concept. Yeah, I, I know that it exists. It doesn't upset me that it exists. You know, if you get a little close to me, I'm afraid that you might put it up my ass. But it's like just a natural fear that we have. Because we're afraid that we'll like it maybe. I don't know, right? It's like, it's like whatever. Just, uh, just stay away. I don't want to be... Whatever. doesn't make real a bad guy. They're just normal lads. But you'll never see that now, right? David at a table around with Rio calling each other, you know, finooks. So, so, so he's a G. But, but... His taste in women, very vanilla. If we look at this lady now, we look at Rebecca Luz. Again, we'll keep saying her name because this is good. It's what she deserves. It's the least we could do. Say her name. You know. Um, so, 
Just take a look at her. Just, just look, look on her phone. I'm looking at her right now. Just, again, go back to the video from before and take a look at this lady. Now, again, she's a little older now, but if you look back at the old pictures of her, like in 2003, she's a pretty woman. She's 26. She's our age, you know. She's a pretty woman. She's hot. But very vanilla, you know. Like, you know who a real fucking G is, bro? Jack Grealish, dude. David Beckham would never have fucked the black girl with the big tits and the stomach. You know the picture I'm talking about. I think that was fake. That was not fake. That was a real fucking ass picture. If David Beckham, if David Beckham, do you understand? Do you understand? If David Beckham was photographed naked on a bed with a black woman with the tits out, like Jack Graylish, do you have any idea how good it would be for the brand in terms of making him a real relatable figure? It would be the best thing that could happen to him for you and I. Because you and I see Jack Grealish do that and we're like, this guy's an animal. Bro, this guy's an animal. He's a fuck. He can't be stopped. He gets drunk. He wins the title. And he goes out and he, you know, he's falling all over the place, falling off the bus. That's a real guy right there. There's no PR team there. Jack Grealish is who he is. You know? Who would you like to have over to... This is actually... Answer this question honestly. Who would you rather have dinner with? Him or David Beckham? That's a tough one. Who would you rather go out with? Grealish. Okay, you're wrong. Here's why. Here's <laughs> That's a crazy thing. But I, I get that that sounds pretty crazy. It would be fun to go out with Grealish. But here's why you're wrong to automatically say Grealish. They're the same guy, is my point. We're assuming that because we see what Jack Grealish does, that is who he is. And because we see what Beckham does, that is who he is. But they are the same guy. One is just better at separating church and state. They're the same guy. Arguably, if you were to hang out with Beckham, you'd be able to talk to him about more because you're not a stupid guy, you know. You would be able to have a nuanced conversation with him. He meets, you know, world leaders and stuff and, and, and just rubs shoulders with really snooty people in like Beverly Hills. And those people are kind of fun. It's social, like it's fascinating to be around people like that sometimes. It is. Like you live in a very affluent area. Don't you find it fascinating to go out and see some of the women whose husbands make very like good money and they don't have to work and you just see, it's a whole different like lifestyle. It's a whole, there's a whole ecosystem there. Like sociologically, it's just fascinating to observe the human behavior there. It's, it's, it's very different than regular life. But right? it's fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating to see, hear these people speak, the things that bother them, you know, talking about the neighborhood, you know, you know, and then they all put on a, because uh, cause again, these aren't the, the lower educated class who will come out and say overtly racist shit and post about it on Facebook. They'll say very little because they know how to hold their tongue. And then when you get them in private and you have a couple of glasses of wine, they'll sit you down and say, you know, I am a little concerned about whatever. You know, these Filipinas who used to be our maids and they're having kids now and they're, you know, they're going to school with our kids. And I'm not saying anything. It's just there's... They'll just say that. They'll say, there's Filipinas at the school now. There's little Filipino boys at the school. I think, uh, you know, I, I think um, like one of them might have slept with uh, the husband before the divorce. And now, you know, it's passing judgment, you know. Passing judgment. She's in it for the money, right? Because you're not, right? I think she's in it for the money. Because you, lady, are not in it for the money. This lifestyle, right? It's fascinating to see the psychology at play sometimes, right? It's fun to see. It would be fun to hang around Beckham for that reason. Because you kind of get the lid lifted on like a different, you know, part of part of society. They would be equally interesting is my point, you know. But we think Graylish is, is the guy because he's openly insane. Beckham is 
an animal also. He's just a little more reserved. Do we do we even care to play more of that video? Let's uh, let's not. It's it's fine. She lost me at naughty. Very naughty. What an insane way to speak, bro. How's coaching been for you this year? It's good, man. You're the head coach of a junior hockey team now. It's not junior, but but uh, sorry, youth hockey team here locally. It's, it's high level. What a crazy world that is. Speaking of worlds that are just absolutely nuts that, that you get to observe and the stuff you get to see firsthand as an adult now is probably just just fascinating. Because I remember some of the crazy shit that would go on when I was playing youth sports as a kid. And I, I guess it all made sense to me. Like when I would see adults behaving a certain way, like kids, you know, yelling at the coach, arguing, it made sense to me because in my mind, this was a big deal. Ho the hockey was a big deal. The stakes were really high. It's not supposed to mean to the parents what it means to the kids. Right? Yeah. But a lot of parents can't get that through their fucking thick skulls. Yeah, they live through the kids. That's That, that hasn't changed. You were telling me that there was a guy who messaged you and, and was telling you who to call up. That's yeah. That's par for the course. That's like like a, he's the G. A, like he's the GM. That's, you got, that's you got, a weekly occurrence. What are some crazy things that people will say? You've been coaching for a couple of years now. Like, do people come up to you? Like, what questions are you getting regularly? Not like, oh, when is my kid gonna play? What is what's a crazy question? Like, does anyone ask you like, you know, does my son have what it takes to make the NHL? Some no. Usually people are, are conscious enough to be like. I know my kids aren't going anywhere. Sometimes some people are like, you know, he needs, he needs one break. He's got one good season and then doors could open, which is pretty nuts. Right. Cause at this point, like to get us all out of here, whatever that is I mean, into the take, take me into the stratosphere with you. It's no people, parents ask all the time. Like, what can my kid do better? It's like your kid is 12, you know, like he's got to learn how to play hockey. He's got to get bigger, like it's not, we're not fine tweaking certain things here. Yeah, if he was the best, you'd, you'd know. If he you was would, among the best, you'd know. You could grow into something, but if you're playing at this level and you don't know whether your kid's the best, it's because he's not. It's because he's not. Yeah, there's always late bloomers, but like what percent is that? I'm more interested in the, the, the dressing room itself. How old are the kids? 15? 14 and under. 14 and under. So 12, 13, 13, 14. 12, 13, 14. Yeah. What are they talking about at 14 in the dressing room? How bad is it? No, it's, it's nice we haven't lost the 20 years ago when we used to play locker room talk of like they still talk about school, you know, girls, guys. Right. Inclusive podcast. Sure. Um. What do you, you know, mean stupid, talk, what do you mean they talk about shit. guys? They talk about guys they want to fuck at 14? There are kids in the locker room that are openly saying, I want to fuck Justin Bieber? I don't believe you. They talk about their preferred partners, whoever that may be. Has it ever happened to you? I don't believe... Has it ever happened to you that one kid says, yeah, I'm gay? Not yet, but I'm sure it's happened somewhere else. Somewhere else in the world? I got news for you. It, this does not exist, by the way. The idea that you're going to have kids start coming out and tell a, a room full of a bunch of boys who only want to stare at tits all day, like by and large, that they're get, like that, that the world is going in a direction. Like if any, if any, the, the last frontier, the last chip to fall is going to be kids in their natural state. 
kids are getting indoctrinated now into ideas, but like at their surface, they're homophobic and then they grow up. You know what I mean? They're homophobic not because they really are. They kind of have a little bit of natural homophobia where it's like they just kind of, it's the, it's the bully that's built into them. The instinct to make fun of and stuff, you know? Yeah, but they, they good point. But yeah, they talk about the same shit that, uh, that guys have spoken about for the last 20 years. But how bad is it now? I feel like, like, are they talking about like uh, g- girls at school giving them top and stuff? Like no, no, at, no, at fourteen, it's no. They're still protected at that age, still of like their childhood. They're talking about you know girls that they have a crush on, or it she is might hockey. come to the game. It is but. hockey. It is hockey, and and the thing with hockey is a lot of these kids are a little more affluent. Yeah, I know a girl who's working in a public school who said that apparently like the kids who she teaches go to the gym and they're half naked and they're thirteen. Which is like you know, so I don't I don't know what's go, I don't know what's out there now, but but okay well, Coach Mango, Coach Mango, what are you aiming to get from 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 the coaching thing, other than satisfaction with these guys, you know like like just emotional satisfaction with these with these kids right just just like you know kind of bringing them up into manhood because that's ultimately what it should be about right. Yeah, a lot of life lessons and a lot team, of life team sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're not doing it for the compliments of like the moms and stuff. Like, like you were telling me before. You were telling me before that uh, you and the coaching staff got fresh haircuts once last year. Previous years, yeah, and yeah, we we we've, the moms we've are like, comments. we got a good looking coaching staff. Yeah, we've definitely. Heard, you know, I mean, the the bar is quite low. You're going up against you know, but still, you know, old men, but with still, no hair, but, but still, you know, nice, nice, nice. You tell. <laughs> What do they say it out openly? Do they say it to other dads? Do they say it to uh, to you guys? How no, does... no. You hear through the grapevine. You hear through the grapevine that the moms want to fuck the coaches. Wow, well, that's 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 you're, you're reading between the lines. Yeah, let's take a step back there. All right. Well, anyway, yeah, I'm convinced that I'm convinced that people coaches abuse that power. It's one of the most powerful positions you could be in in a parent's life. A sport coach. Cause they'll do anything. Yeah. They'll do anything. The, the, the dad will buy you buy you dinner. I, you know, what do you think's the craziest? Do you have you heard stories about anyone getting like paid off or something? You hear stories about that in Toronto a lot. No, we, we yeah we have some stories here about that too. What what happens? I've heard um, bought the team a bus. Like the team has to travel. Bought the team bus for the team. How much does a bus cost? 20 grand? Yeah, what do you think? 15, 20? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, and you, you always hear, and then like, it again, trickles down. You hear, you know, New Jersey's, bought everyone hoodies, paid for the hotel room, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's all right. I want, to, I want to see if there be, you know, I wonder if there's ever been like a, I wonder if there's ever been like a, like a father, you know, father and a mother coach like makes a sexual advance to the mother and the mom's like not into it and the dad's like well you know like could get him into you know could get him into the fucking you know won't say the team name but you know whatever the equivalent to me get him into harvard you know that must happen all the time dude you know i've heard it happens more than you think so maybe maybe you think it happens often i don't but then i've heard that like Keep an open mind. It actually happens more than you think. The Harvard admissions agent is probably just, he has a real potential to sling it. He's probably not because he's a nerd who works for Harvard, but you really could when you consider it, you know? Yeah. Power dynamics. Power dynamics are nuts there, dude. Well, I I don't know. So, so, hmm. 
So that's it. So 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 kids are kids in the locker room now are are talking about all the cock they want to suck. I don't believe you for a second, dude. I don't believe you for a second. You've never once heard... They don't even shower together at that age yet, dude. They're 14. They can't shower together at that age. It just, it just won't happen. They can't even change in the locker room right now. Didn't Hockey Canada pass a rule? Here's actually, a, here's actually a, a real burning question. I heard a rule that Canada Hockey passed recently that you cannot get changed in the locker room anymore. You got to come with your bottoms on in case you're a chick with a dick or something like that type of thing. Yeah, is th- that's not enforced in practice, right? Not enforced. Not that, enforced. That's been discussed amongst many different people. But has, but here's the thing: it only takes one rat of a mom. The, the, yeah, but again, you got to play the game. Like, there's no that that was a statement. There was no infraction, penalty, anything associated to it. Been watching Piers Morgan lately, dude. I've been watching so much Piers Morgan the last week. You've been seeing his interviews, his uncensored interviews with all the Palestinian. Uh, commentators and stuff i saw one which one did you see i don't know i forget the guy's name he's basim yusuf yeah probably he was talking about when they were warning before they they sent the bombs was he was he was he the one who was who was poking fun at ben shapiro or talking yeah. about how ben shapiro yeah that was that was funny that was that was, that was very funny that was very funny and, the, and then at the end dude it's it's like i, I piers morgan can do no right in the mind of people that watch his show it's hilarious it's the most electric show on television, dude. He actually fully does get people on from both sides. And he gets no respect for it, dude. Because he just like asks people questions. It's, it's hilarious. Whenever you get... And dude, what, this, is, this is a fun thing about him. is Anytime you get someone on that might have a point of view that appears to be a little different than his, they go in so hostile and he just ramps it up because he's a clicks guy. He's so good at getting clicks. That's all he cares about is getting ratings... On his show. He's a real pro at that. He's a real old school British sensationalist journalist in that sense. He used to work for The Sun before he worked for the Daily Mirror. Two kind of tabloid-ish newspapers. Not the most, you know, respected publications out there. He wasn't writing for the fucking Guardian or for the Telegraph, you know. A little bit sensationalized all the time. His tweets are a little sensationalized. He's electric. Um... Everyone calls him a twat or a cunt in the, in the UK. It's hilarious. Everyone's like, like, people on the left find he's a twat for his like free speech and, and uh, you know, uh, you know um, his free speech opinions and, and his, uh, you know, his, his, his friendliness toward Trump and such. People on the right think he's a fucking, you know, poof. Then you have some people that just hate him because he's an Arsenal fan. And um, anytime anyone goes on that kind of like... Um, doesn't even want to entertain his questions. Like, he'll ask questions like, but is it not true that, like, but have you not considered, or, but where does it end? Or what is, you know, what is an example of commiserate response in the case of Gaza? Like, you'll just have these, like, British Muslim guys on who I think are the crazy, dude, I, I was texting you this the other day. I think, like, the British YouTube Muslim guys are some of the craziest characters on earth. Like the pseudo-intellectual Oxford grads. Like there was this one guy who went to Oxford who was on the show the other day. Who like, it's just, his whole thing is he's just, he's like, he's like, Piz, Piz, why are you stuttering? Why are you stuttering? What, what am I tripping you up yet? I went to Oxford. It's like, it's like, they're, they're just so, they're just, all they're trying to do is just like create these incendiary dynamics where you're trying to like fucking own Piers Morgan, who's literally not even trying to debate you. He's just trying to have an interview and ask you questions. And if you ask a question that is sufficiently 
you know, provocative, they will go nuts. It's hilarious. So if you go in his comments now, he's like fully having like Hamas supporting people on the pod, you know, or like, you know, pro-Palestinian people on the pod, whatever, who were who kind of like, you know, sort of like Hamas apologists, basically. Uh, uh, but he's, he's giving them like a voice, right? He's giving them like a platform. And then you go in his comments, dude, on Instagram, it's just a bunch of people saying, you're a fucking shill, you're fucking anti-Zion, you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're anti-Palestine, you're pro-Zionist, you're a piece of shit. It's like, dude, he's listening to these people. He's having them on. It's, it's fucking nuts, you know? The goal is to actually be like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, Piers doesn't give a shit. I think he doesn't need defense. But the goal is to be like Ronaldo, dude. Ronaldo literally got accused of rape, and he never had to come out and defend himself. You just had fanboys coming out and defending him for him in the comments. You're not wrong. I think, I, I, you're right. I heard about him being accused and never again. The goal, like, like the goal, the goal, honestly, is to get such fans that get worked up into a fer, like a fervor anytime your name gets invoked in a negative light, and they will come to your defense. Piers doesn't have that. He just has like a bunch of because, dude, think about it. There's 15 million Jews in the world, and there's like a billion Muslims. So they're really fucking outnumbered on this one, right? Like, like online on the internet, they're getting killed. These people are getting killed in terms of like the comments, like the Free Palestine to Hamas is a terror group organization. Like like the ratio of Free Palestine to Hamas is a terror group comments is nuts. It's like way skewed in the Palestinians' favor. So you just have all these people that are swarming Pierce's fucking like, you know, uh, Instagram, Instagram comments. And like nobody's defending him. It's hilarious. But he's like fully giving these people like a platform. So it's funny. He gets Basim Yusuf on and it was a very funny interview. Like he did a great job of like... like of like, uh, of like, just you know, poking fun at, at like, it was it was beautiful. Like he never answered a question directly. Like anytime he would get asked a question that was kind of like that kind of required him to maybe concede, he would just be uh, he would just be like he would be facetious. It was great. And at the end, he's been on for thirty three minutes, and I think he got his segment extended when the Daily Wires, uh, when like a head from the Daily Wire, who are conservative, right? Um, one of the heads of the Daily Wire was on the segment following Bassem Yusuf's segment with Piers. And Piers Morgan said to Bassem Yusuf, you could stay on. You could have a little chat. I'll ask you each a question. And he asked Bassem a question. And then he's like, all right, well, you know, I got to let you go now. <laughs> right? Like, I got to ask Jeremy a question. He's like, oh, that's it. Okay, bye-bye. He's like, well, I'm talking about dead Palestinians. I guess we don't care. Okay, bye-bye. Tell Ben Shapiro, I think he's very smart. Very smart. Okay, bye-bye. No more pa no more dead Palestinians. Okay, I will, I, you know... <laughs> Like he's like, and he's like showing a picture of his, of his wife's family's house in Gaza. He goes, "It is bombed, but you know, maybe we could rent it on Airbnb." <laughs> it was, it was very funny. It was very well done. But no, it's the most electric thing on television now. And the problem is, it'll never go back. And it all started when he had Alex Jones on the pod or on his show in 2013 after Sandy Hook. Do you remember that interview? No, but. Like, I feel like there's there were viral clips from that. It was what? one of the most, it was probably the most electric television interview ever, ever. Honest to God, if Alex Jones had taken out a 22 caliber revolver and shot himself in the mouth after that interview, after that rant, it would have, get, you understand, like, nothing he could have done after that would have usurped the poetic beauty of a moment of him yelling at Piers Morgan about 1776 and then shooting himself in the head with a fucking gun. It's insane. If you want to look it up, dude, just to play like the soundbite. The soundbite. Hitler took the guns. Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. 
Hugo Chavez took the guns. And I'm here to tell you, 1776 will commence again. Like, it, it's nuts. From that day on, I think the news was never the same. I'm convinced that Piers Morgan has been, like, the, the driving force in the most entertaining type of, like, intellectual debate news and interviews that we see now. Without him, there is no, there's none of the shit we're seeing now. There's no Ben Shapiro. There's no debates. Ben Shapiro got big on Piers Morgan. Um, play this, dude. This was before Alex Jones got canceled. Think about, how think about how crazy it is. You keep playing it. Think about how crazy it is to have Alex Jones on the news In 10 the years ago. a proper debate, and you've had a lot to say so far on the show. A lot of it aimed at me, which is fine. But I want you to try and answer the questions. It's a proper debate, okay? I'm not trying to trip you up. No, it's not a debate. You're running the okay. show. You bring in okay. your victims up front. Actually, actually to, no. Look, you got your little note cards. Yeah. Okay. Pause right there. Pause right there. He doesn't even let the peers get the questions out. No one ever lets him get the questions out. They just go for the jugular right away. And Pierce is like, I'm trying to fucking do an interview here, you cunt. And he just can't, they can never get it out. It's hilarious. ...statistics Fine. that violent Alex, crime Alex, and gun crime Alex. is down over 20%. Alex, let me just ask you And this. you want to go to little factoids. No, they're not little Anybody factoids. can pull those up. Listen. Do you know what... Do we're... you have a bodyguard? Alex. Why do you have bodyguards? I don't have a bodyguard. Yeah, I've seen you on the news with them. Don't, don't you want to protect your wife from hoodlums <laughs> or you want to call the police? Let me ask you this question. Why does Diane Feinstein tell 60 Alex. Minutes that she okay. plans Alex. to try Alex. to take Mr. and Mrs. America's guns? Stop have you seen that gun? over me. You let guys me... want to disarm all of America. No, I don't. Diane Feinstein's bill does... I don't. Gun confiscation. No, let me clarify for you. You don't seem to understand. First what you register, then you confiscate. It's no. always done the same. Here's what the campaign on this. Well, here, give me your little cue cards no. and I'll answer your questions for what you. What was the weapon used? It's, it's like he doesn't even give him a chance to get it out, dude. He doesn't give him a chance to get questions out. He's there to answer questions from Piers Morgan. And then once Piers Morgan starts speaking, he goes, Well, actually, I take exception to what you said there. And it's like, Well, you don't even let the guy get his fucking question out, you know? It's crazy. Um, so, but yeah, the Muslims really outnumber the Jews, so they, um, yeah, the, the Jews have a real uphill battle, I think, in the, um, in the online space. You were saying that you're seeing a lot of pro-Palestine now in your timeline. I think that's just a numbers game. I, it's surprising to me. I thought it would be less. Well, the dust settled for a couple of weeks. Yeah. In the beginning, it was... It was just, you know, it was all about we pray for Israel. What I was telling you before is I find it crazy that, like, the people that came out the day it happened were, like, free Palestine. It's like, take a holiday today, bro, you know? Fuck. Let the dust settle a little bit, you know? Let the Israelis hit back. Let them kill some Palestinians, and then we could, you know, then, then you'll have a case. But the fucking day of, like, woohoo, this is a good thing. Woohoo, dig it ease, you know? I don't know. What do I know? Muslims are everywhere, dude. They're, they're literally everywhere. Did you know that every country that ends in Stan is basically Islamic? Do you have any idea how crazy that is? Dude, look up, uh, look up. Can you, I want you to, I want you to watch this fucking video right now. You want, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life, bro, was, um, an imam in Uzbekistan doing the azan, the Islamic call to prayer, azan, A-Z-A-N, look this up, Uzbekistan azan. Because, dude, like, they look Chinese, and their language, I think, is more, you know, is more closely linked to, like, the Far East than it is to Russian or the Middle Eastern languages, but they're, like, singing in Arabic, so it's crazy, because, you know, typically, the Azan is beautiful, it's, it's, you know, it's done in Arabic tones, right? 
What? I don't know, bro. Just play any fucking... Just show me. Let me find it for you. Let me find you something. Let me pull this up real quick. But normally you'll get like the the typical like Arabic, you know, um, you know, call to prayer, which is a little bit more... It's easier on the ear. You know what I'm saying? It's easier on the ear. Is this in Uzbekistan? Show me. Flip it. Wait, what is this? One of the... Okay, one of the beautiful emotional azan by Uzbekistan. Here, hang on a sec. What did you look up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said Iman. You looked up Oman. That's a tough look, buddy. That's Here, autocorrect. Look at this, dude. You got a Chinese guy doing the fucking Islamic call to prayer in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, that's wild. Look at this guy, dude. He sounds Chinese and Arabic at the same time. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> like it's, it's they, they don't have any of like the the sweet dulcet Arabic tones. It's just <laughs> it's fucking crazy, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I've been consuming too much shit. I think from the uh, the Islamic world the last two weeks, I've been losing my mind. I saw a video of a guy in Turkey talking about how uh, how Arabs, Afghans. And uh, and Pakistanis are all uh, um, biologically dogs. That's a wild thing. <laughs> from a guy from Turkey. He's like Turkish, dude. That's crazy. You have any idea how nuts that is, dude? You're in. You're a Turkish guy, and he's like these fucking Arabs, these Afghans, and these Pakistanis. Biologically, they're like animals. But he's saying it in a way that's like kind of complimentary. But he's like, you can't control these fucking guys. Like, what are you doing bringing Afghans into this, dude? Like, fucking just Afghans catching strays for no reason from the top rope. What have Afghans ever done, dude? Here's the crazy thing. You're from fucking Turkey, dude. It's like, you know, I don't know how fucking different you guys think you are. But, like, if you got a Turkish guy in a police line, dude. Dude, literally. If you had a lineup of people who were Afghani, okay? And you put one Turkish guy in that lineup. And you put him, you put that lineup. Okay, before a guy with a gun who wants to shoot as many Afghans as possible. He's shooting all those people in the line indiscriminately. He's not saying, you, Turk, get out. He's like, you know, I'm shooting all of you. You're not wrong. Of course I'm not wrong. Of course I'm not fucking wrong, dude. It's nuts. Their opinions over there are just so much more wild. They speak in much more absolute terms, I've realized, you know. Like the ones that come here and get westernized or westernized, but a lot of the guys that stay over in like different parts of the world with different, you know, cultural ideas are, are they speak in absolutes a lot. They're like, these, these people are dogs, you know, these people are animals. These people are monkeys. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, you know, I don't know, whatever, but, um, what else? What, what, what do you got on your mind, man? What do you got on your mind? What, what, what TV shows are you watching lately? Mango's got this thing where he watches the same TV shows 17 times before giving a new one a try. How many times have you seen Entourage? Probably 10. That's crazy. Bro, 10 times? How many episodes are there of Entourage? What, 80? Eight, eight seasons. Yeah. 
10 episodes a season. You've watched 800 episodes of Entourage in your life. You watched 1,000 Entourage episodes, bro. Yeah, divided over how many years? That's, you know how crazy that is, bro? Close to 10 years. You know what I think is crazy if you're watching reality TV? We were talking about Jordy Shore before, which we used to watch. Which was, it was objective. It was a great show. Like, objectively, like, entertainment factor, top notch. Can you imagine, like, re-watching a reality TV show, dude? There's no dialogue. It's just people fucking... It's, there's no arc. Every episode is just people doing crazy shit. There's no, there's no arc to anything, you know? Jordy Shore was one of the... Um, probably, Jordy Shore was probably the only, the only real good like, Jersey Shore spinoff out there. It was wild. It, I, I forgot this. You, you pointed this out before. Elettra Lamborghini was, <laughs> was on Jordy Shore. You know, and she, I think she sucked off <laughs> Marty in the shower. There's a guy named Marty and she couldn't speak English. It was hilarious. She's like, I mean, in the shower with the Marty, Marty have a penis, but he's not a baby penis. He's like a sausage, but like a, a big baby penis. It's like, what's she saying? What the, f- who is this crazy woman? And years later, she's like on stage with Sfere Basta, bro. <laughs> you know, she's at San Remo years later. She's the fucking dream of uh, the David Beckham mistress. What do you mean? Starting off for the 15 minutes of fame to becoming your own person. I, ge- I guess, but but the difference is if you're already rich and have a, a heavy family name, if you're a Hilton, if you're a, if you're a Lamborghini, if you're a, an Agnelli, whatever, whatever the fuck, an Abramovich you just wind up being an innately, like, you just wind up being at a higher level of society. You wind up getting invited to charity events and stuff. You get exposed to people who are rubbing, you know, you you get exposed to, your family exposes you to people who you could rub shoulders with, who work at NBC, who will give you a job. Because they want to fuck you, right? Like, oh my God, this fucking woman is so hot. I'm like, so hot. We got to put her on the TV show, you know? Um, that's less impressive to me. What Beckham's mistress did is very impressive because I think uh, had she not done that, you and I wouldn't know about her. And some people might say she fucked up. Jesus, like, you know. Her cover is blown forever. What do you think she was hoping to gain out of fucking David Beckham? Do you think she was doing it because she was horny? The, 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 there's a there's a certain level of um, added thrill that comes with power, being close to power. If nothing else, you know, just being close to it, wanting to taste the power, put the power in my mouth, you know. It's, there's not a lot of those women are not saying lie down and fucking eat my box. They're, 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 I'm at your service, your highness, Mr. Mr. Beckham, sir. You know, because because the point is to just get it in with the power, even if he has no power. Just, just by being famous, you are powerful. Can you fit it? Let's actually watch the video from before. Let's watch the interview. I didn't give it a shot because I lost her at Naughty, or she lost me at Naughty. Um, it's hard to come back from that, but but. It was a pretty crazy interview. I watched about a minute of it. It's seven minutes long. I don't think we'll watch all seven, but it is fascinating just to kind of get a look into the psychology of 
the modern woman in a lot of circles. You know what I mean? And the reason that I think Victoria is seen as good for him is because she's famous, but she's a cunt. She's posh spice for a reason. She was always just a, she was a bitch, you know? Like Mel B, Sporty Spice, the one who's on, you know, Got Talent or The X Factor or whatever the fuck, the black one with the big jugs, her. You know who I'm talking about, right? Mel I know, B. I know nothing about the Spice Girls. Mel B, Scary Spice. You don't know Scary Spice. Look up Mel B. You've seen her before. She's fun. She's charismatic. If David Beckham had gotten with her instead of Victoria... If they had clicked, and maybe, you know, the argument is, you know, the, he and Victoria are both squares, so they click and so on, and they're a little more reserved, fine. But if he had hit it off with Mel B, who uh, we've already established, she's not for Beckham. She's for she's for Jack Grealish, because Beckham only, he can only handle skinny white women, right? That's, that's the point. But but if he had gone with Mel B, you know, the, 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 the over-the-top, outspoken, you know, black spice girl from Birmingham, you know, his life would be a little different. He'd probably have been a little bit more of a wild boy. Maybe they get divorced and, and maybe his kids are, you know, maybe he has a daughter who fucking starts an OnlyFans or something. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe just goes on reality TV shows. It's hard to start an OnlyFans when you have two parents that are rich and that famous. But she's posting, you know, she's posting much less classy shit. She's not going out for tea and, uh, you know, looking for a, a husband who works in finance which is what Beckham's daughter will probably wind up doing. Or, you know, in Hollywood, or some kind of singer, maybe, maybe. But, but, but yeah, I don't know. Like, Mel B, Mel B and David Beckham's daughter is dating a footballer. You understand? Like a Phil Foden type. Yeah. You see Mel B? You look her up? After just, the video? All right, play the, play, play, fine. Play the video. Hang on again. We're gonna okay. This music is gonna be really hard to overcome. We're gonna power through this here for a few minutes, but the, I need to fucking compose my. Okay, play it. Play it. Play it. Wait, go back. What was that? Go back again. Go back again. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Go back to naughty. It's getting down and naughty. So we're texting one day. It's getting very dirty, very naughty. I get a text from the bodyguard, the sponge bodyguard. Are you texting David right now? He texts me, stop. He's showing it to his friends and they're laughing. It's getting very dirty, very naughty. The bodyguard texts her and says, David's showing this whole conversation to the boys. Stop. Like, there's no, no way that's real. I'm sure it is real. The, the Spanish bodyguard, who probably doesn't speak any English in 2003... That's a good point. ...is texting the mistress. That's a good hey, point. don't text him. He's laughing with that, his friends. That's a pretty good point. There's a good... Yeah, but here's the thing. How believable is the story? Whether it's true or not, it's very believable. It may as well have been true. Who cares? It does. It's not a hit piece against Beckham. This, this isn't slander to him in the slightest. This is what guys do. It's not his wife. She's a fucking side piece. He's never gonna marry her. He's like, oh, look at the look at this lads. Think about it too. He doesn't speak any Spanish. He wants to just kind of get in with the boys, and he's getting nudes. You you, you need no words. Just show it to Roberto Carlos. Aquí, aquí Roberto. Carajo. David Beckham. David Beckham. Loco, loco. 
You think they say that in real life? Roberto Carlos goes, What does that mean again? You were important. I think think it's just okay. It's like, okay. (laughs) Right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, go, go on. Seven minutes of this. Jesus Christ. The gardens we had in Notting Hill. Very happy memory. Mommy was a hands-on mommy. She's talking about her mother. Here's the thing. Pause. No one cares about your mother. Talk about how big David Beckham's dick was. Come out and say it was small. It was less than average. Just do that. What's she doing? She's fucking it all up now. They released a documentary about his life. She features in his life. Good for you. It's not Rooney. If this was Rooney, they could interview her as being the main, you know, that main uh, whore who he was caught in the fucking Beetle with. Remember that one time he was in the Volkswagen because she was drunk, so he drunk drove her Beetle or something? <laughs> well, you know, but it was like one of like five women who he had an affair with. Apparently Beckham's only been with one, so she's the one. It's the Beckham doc. It was always going to happen. She just had to sit on it and, and she could make generational money from it. She could get paid 500 grand for a tell-all and buy a house, cash, have equity, you know, fucking fold that into a new house, build it, you know, buy an apartment, rent that out, have two, three properties by the end of, you know, 2027. But she's talking about mummy. It was working class. My father was never around. It's like, bro, okay, just, what do you think you are? But that's the thing with these people. Now that I got my moment in the spotlight, now that you're looking at me, now it's time to talk about me and myself. Here's what I want to say. My mother, and then it just, tune out you know talk about the act you know and my first interview was to be the PA to a tennis agent and that's how I got into sports the football department's big client David Beckham uh, was going to sign a contract with Real Madrid and Grover Road I was sitting down in reception waiting for my colleague because we were going to go out for lunch and he walked past looking up and then I gave him a cheeky smile a cup of yeah. just like, and I just looked at my colleague and went oh I'm not yeah. there and it was a big thing because, you know, David Beckham from Manchester United was signing with Real Madrid. So the football team said, can you come and help? You know, you're from Madrid. He speaks to you in Spanish. I could have been a cab driver in Madrid. So she's a Brit in Spanish. Okay. She's a, she's a Brit in Spain who was working with the club and was working as his, as his liaison. And then he fucked her. And I speak the language so I can be really helpful. And he stepped off the plane. This is my first impression of him. This is because the Did you suck or swallow? Did you let him put it up your ass? Get down to the fucking nitty gritty. I was in charge uh, of finding him a home. I got him a Spanish teacher. I got him a Spanish security team, house hunting, school hunting, planning fun weekends for the kids were visiting to go. Pause. Parks. Spanish bodyguards. Spanish bodyguards. They speak Spanish. They owed her one. She got them the job. It happened. He's a G. He was showing. He was showing Figo. La Figa. <laughs> you know? All right. Well, I understand the angle they went with it and why they wanted to brush it under the rug. The Jack Grealish documentary would be a lot more entertaining. It'd be a tomorrow, Tomorrowland after party video, essentially. I mean, yeah. Project X. But, but, but imagine, but imagine, dude, like the, like the Jack Grealish. Think about it, dude. Jack Grealish never got married. 
never <laughs> never got married, no kids. Had his first kid at like 40, you know? And because he had the kid at 40, as a rich guy with someone who's probably 27, 13 years his junior, he kind of wears the pants. She's not that bright. He's not that bright. How funny would it be if Jack Grealish just like got with like a, a, a clinical psychiatrist or something? We're talking about the guy who just doesn't know what the word encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, he's just dating. He's dating an orthopedic surgeon, <laughs> or like a Nobel Peace Prize winner, Nobel Prize winner, an award-winning biochemist, and Jack Grealish. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Oh, can you make an explosion with the volcano?" <laughs> you know, I like that. Me vol- me, I like making an explosion in your. In your twat, how, how the hell do they say? How do they say vagina in fucking Britain? I exploded in your twat, and now we got a little, a little mini Jack up the villa. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know where I'm from in England. But I'm English, you know. Like at that point, forty-year-old Jack Grealish with the twenty-seven-year-old, presumably bimbo, who they, you know, who he met on a reality show. Least he could then own the past with, right? There's no Spice Girls PR. There's no Victoria like, no, David, David, you're gonna be classy. Yeah, you're gonna be classy. I'm getting a facial, babe, babe. I'm getting a facial. Me dad drive the Rolls Royce, and and now you drive a Rolls Royce. Me dad had a Rolls Royce, and now I'm married to a rich man. That's all I've ever wanted, love. You know. Oh, watch the documentary if you want. I don't know, whatever. They're very vanilla. I I wish they lead in a little more to the fucking psychopathy, you know? Just a whole segment on the knighthood that he never got. He's like, right, normally I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But Queen Elizabeth is a fucking bitch. You know, I don't care if she rots in hell. Frankly, because Victoria, Victoria and I, for the longest time, have always wanted to be Sir and Madam Beckham, and she wouldn't grant it to us, so she can go fucking burn in hell for all I care, on, you know, on the graves of all those people. The, the, the African people are dancing on her graves now, all the people she colonized, that fucking old hag. I don't know what accent that was. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it now. We're going to end the pod there. I'm losing the ability to do accents. That's my cue to end the pod. Oh my god, did you have fun, Mango? Yeah, good to be back. It's good to be back. That was well said. What are our takeaways from the pod? 14-year-olds are sucking dick, bro. No, like, no, no. We like, haven't. Kids are still kids. Kyrgyzstan. The, Chi- the Chinese people in Kyrgyzstan are trying to sound Arabic, but they can't. The Pakistanis are dogs. And David Beckham hates the queen perfect follow us on all platforms and i'm sam adamo subscribe to the pod if you're new leave a like on the video thank you goodbye ciao e mi sono scatenato Fedastera al mio confronto Era statico e imbranato Le ho sparato un bacio in bocca Uno di quelli che schiocca Sulla pista diavolata Lì per lì l'ho strapazzata L'ho lanciata, riafferrata Senza fiato l'ho lasciata Con le braccia mi è cascata Era cotta e innamorata Per i fianchi l'ho bloccata E ne ho fatto marmellata